Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. All right, you are listening to the Work For It podcast and also Ben sipping on a cup of tea in the background, and that's because he's a huge asshole and he doesn't know how to podcast. Anyway. Well, uh, I would eat my lunch, but I already finished it. Wait, hold on. Let me interrupt you, Ben. (laughs) Here we we freaking go. (laughs) It's going to be one of those days, guys. I mean, I'm... I'm late. Everybody, I was late. I hate doing that. I hate being late. I lost track of time. I have a very good reason. I will talk about it on the podcast. But first, let's get some business out of the way. This show, future shows, and all past shows are sponsored by the beautiful people over at Patreon. If you've noticed that this show is commercial free, like you didn't have to sit through somebody trying to sell you a credit card or some sort of weird uh, French baguette. I don't even know. I have these times I've listened to these podcasts. It's in a different language and you don't hear that on the work for it podcast. And that's because we have people who back us up financially through patron. And like Dennis says at the beginning of the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash work for it. And for as little as $10 and 80 cents a year, you can join up our team at the work for it podcast and get 52 after shows where we talk about everything under the sun, including your questions that you get to send us privately. So uh, make sure you go check that out. Also, Baker Forge and Tool, that's BakerForge.com. Koi and the beautiful boys over at the Baker Forge are expanding their ever so large inventory that's going on over there. If you're looking for that next level piece of steel for that project go check out bakerforge.com and then when you go you get ready to put the pins and the handles and to make the stuff to make around that knife go to maritime knife supply talk to lawrence lake tell them that the boys over at work for it sent you because lawrence ships every day to the united states and you can take advantage of the canadian to usd exchange rate and get yourself some awesome gear lawrence is a fellow maker and a friend and a good dude all around very handsome. He has a huge set of balls, too, which I really just I love about that guy. Big balls on Lawrence Lake. And with that, let's get this started, boy! Yeah, let's work for it! Yeah! And I don't know if you can tell, but I am firing on all cylinders this morning. Right here on the Work For It podcast. That's right, boys. I'm back at 180%. Eventually, I'm going to blow a gasket, but boys, let's ride this one home. Let's do it. <laughs> Woo! We'll ride it till the FedEx man comes and takes you away. <laughs> FedEx is my new Voldemort, by the way. They are the, the company that shall not be named. Yeah. The shipping company that shall not be named. FedEx has literally royally screwed the pooch. Not just in the first round of 20 where they lost seven oh, of no. our packages. They, they oh, no. We on. tried it again. Oh, no. We oh. tried it again with another 10 packages. This time with real thick plywood on the outside. We had we had Ronders in the house, so he was like gluing yeah, yeah. and screwing. And, I mean, he, he had the impact wrench out, the whole deal. And they managed to fuck up 
half of the 10 oh, that Fuck went out. Me running. Holy Five shit. of the 10 got fucked up. And, uh, and I mean, dude, there is no excuse for this. It is absolutely terrible. Man. And it, so here's, here's what we did. So Brent's like, you know what? Screw it, man. Let's just like throw these in cardboard. We'll, we'll strap them and tape them like we do with the revolution projects and we'll send them good old postal service. Right. Yep. yep. So guess what? Guess what? Yeah, Every single package made it untouched, unfettered, completely <laughs> 100%. With the Pony Thanks Express, to the good huh? old people at the Pony Express, the United yeah. States Postal Service. I love because it because they they are treating our packages like they're like you know we've we're able to pack packages with them the way we want yeah. to, which is cardboard strap and tape. With FedEx yep. though, they went, oh nope, can't use any tape, can't use any strap, no. can't do this, oh, can't suckers. do that. So and do then they think, managed um, to drop them all. So do you did you think some of this? I mean. Uh, I, I was thinking about this after our last show, and I was thinking, you know, I, there are probably some fairly disgruntled fucking UPS, FedEx, you know, delivery drivers, just given oh, yeah. today's economy, right, where fucking you're getting groceries delivered to your door and everything else under the fucking sun, right? Like mm-hmm. the world runs on these fucking delivery drivers so either they're disgruntled or they're fucking egomaniacs thinking that the world truly does run on them do you think there's some of that shit going on i definitely think so like everybody that i've dealt with at fedex other than the upper level executives that we're working with have been pretty angry they just don't like that you can tell and look i get it you know what i don't like culprit corporate culture i don't like how all you know these guys are probably being treated but yeah. again, don't take it out on the customer, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's take it out I mean, on the people that you're working for. Look at them and I say, think we're "I'm not start happy." Seeing strikes or some shit, you know, where people so, are just unionized or something here. So I had Vever send me an anvil through FedEx. Yeah, and the motherfucker had the uh, horn half sticking out. Just oh, yeah. like the thing was crated up again, like you said, like really nice thick crates. I hate it when and that they, happens. They they must have dropped it like three or four times enough to the point where the horn has like made itself a little cavity to stick out and get all fucked up on the way over. So one of our one of the guys that listens to the podcast, Brian Hinnenkamp of Tortuga. Yeah, yeah I love that guy. Tortuga. Yeah, me too. So he ordered uh, uh we shipped his on the second round, which was like the ten that we heavily crated with Ronders. And yeah. <clears throat> he messaged me this morning saying, oh, by the way, my my package has been sitting at FedEx since the 9th. And I contacted FedEx and said, like, hey, can I just come and get it? And right. they basically poo pooed all over that idea. Yeah. And here's the no reason shit. why, because they know that they've d- damaged that crate and they're not going <laughs> to release it. Right. But right, here's right. the pr- here's the problem. FedEx never contacted us to tell us. Yeah. That that package is just sitting there. So Brian's waiting for his forge, won't get it, and we'll end up reshipping it through postal oh, service. Oh, Jesus. And then what's going to happen is they're going to return the crate to us. Why? With whatever's in it. I don't I don't really know. They're, and by the way, Brian lives in the polar opposite of, of where I live. He's like in Washington. Yeah. And so, you know, he is way, way out there. So we told FedEx, like, look, you're going to pay the insurance claim no matter what. You're going to stroke us yeah. a check for $700 or whatever it is that you've lost for us. 
like just throw it away at this point like we right. don't even no want it doubt. back we, you know mm. so it's it's just a mess but here's the good news we learned a lot and now because of great companies like uline for instance uline we got on with their salespeople and their website and dealt with that and told them what we want to do and they're like hey we make a box that that oh you no shit throw nice. this in and it, it's like one of those I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're like something you could put art in, kind of. Yeah. And they have creases at certain in of intervals, yeah. so yeah, you like can a, wrap select the your, size, right? Exactly. So the cool thing is, we set the steel in the middle of this thing. We fold it over a bunch of times, strap it, tape it, slap a postal service label on it. In fact, actually, what we're going to probably end up doing is going to UPS because we talk with them. And yeah. they said they gave us better commercial pricing and also said, we don't give a fuck if you strap it, tape it, do whatever you want, staple it. It doesn't matter. You can do yeah. whatever you want. It's this rule that FedEx has that is screwing everything all up. I can't so, fucking now, tape. I feel weird. like I feel like I need to push back on that because I feel like the the tape and the straps isn't the, isn't going to be the problem. It's the incompetence of dropping your shit over and over again. I don't know, man. I, mean, I, I don't. Service I don't care how much. I don't care how much tape and how much straps you put on it. If you're dropping it from ten foot tall or whatever they're dropping them from, it's well, still gonna wait, get fucked. Let me tell you what what the issue is. So the what's happening is the plywood is popping off of the front and back. And now Ugh. to give you a frame of reference, oh, yeah. each piece of that plywood is over a quarter inch thick and it's got 12 screws and glue and staples all yeah. around the outer edge. That's and extreme. so it's extreme damage. Have you thought about using roughness. OSB? Like half inch OSB. Well, or we could, shit. yeah. I mean, that was the next step is to go up to a nev- next level um, yeah. plywood. But then here's what we're doing. Price, All we're man. doing is catering and paying, yeah. by the way, paying more now because OSB is heavier than plywood. You know, all these things because FedEx can't do their job. So it's yeah. like, well, I, I, the way I looked at it was, is, you know, this is steel plate, right? It doesn't have to be in a crate. We'll wrap it in cardboard. And then just strap and tape it. If we could just strap it and tape it with FedEx, we'd probably do that. And it would probably be fine because right. at that point, there's nowhere. The the strapping that we use is that really heavy half inch polyethylene stuff that's heat mm-hmm. treated. So like basically what it is, is we have this machine that it comes up and it it melts the straps together. And that stuff, it it always survives if you put tape over it. The, the problem with the strapping is the drivers use the strapping as handles so to avoid that we just tape yeah. over the top of it so they can't grab it and then it, okay. bang that was the answer <clears throat> that was the answer to all of our problems but then when we went to go do the first round they were like oh no no you have to take all that tape off you have to take all that <laughs> strapping off and we're like this is what's holding these face yeah. plates on they're like no nope, can't do it asses. it gets caught in the machine so anyway i don't mean to like you know, begin no, no, the show good. with that. I think it's, it's good because folks, thing. folks need to hear it for one, so that they understand your situation. But also for two, uh, it's good. I mean, there's a lot of us that ship heavy fucking loads of steel around yeah. the country and world. So I think it's important to hear. It's great. A lot of people have updates. messaged me and told me that exact thing. They're like, listening to what you're going through is educating a lot of people because there are yep. people who don't really realize what it takes to get something to survive just about any shipping company. You know, it's yeah, not yeah. just FedEx. Everybody's rough on packages. So to yeah. hear my tales of woe 
they have learned like, hey, you know, the package on the inside of the box should not be able to move around. It should not be able to shift. And if it does shift, that that's like a failure point, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that or strapping or taping or whatever. Fiber reinforced tape is your best friend. You will you will get way more out of that than just the clear tape. You know, that, that fiber reinforcement is I don't even know. It's like maybe a quarter or 50 cents more per roll, and it's totally worth it. It's got like little fibers yeah. in it, so it doesn't rip, nice. you know, stuff like that. But so anyways, gentlemen. We use that to fix fire Let's on move fire on there. from this. Yeah. This these uh, these tales of shipping woes and all of this. We're moving forward. So if you are in that first round of Apollo shipments, uh, then there's a likelihood that by the time you're hearing this, all 50 will have been shipped and or reshipped, mm-hmm. <laughs> shipped Jeez. again, uh, because we just took another hundred. We just got another hundred forges in uh, today. So anyway, yeah. So, Man. remind me again why I do this. I, I'm just like sitting here going, yeah, I should be just right? like doing easier shit than this. Well, I think the hardest part of it, it seems to me, right, is is it's it's a problem that you you can't necessarily solve at some level, right? It's it's neglect, and it, you know, it's like theft or uh, neglect of a, of your your goods or whatever. They all yeah. kind of fall in the same thing. It's like, what the fuck can you do about it? There's only so much you can control. You try to predict. Yeah. You're just sitting I, here predicting. Okay. What if this yeah. happens? What if that happens? And, it and you work so goddamn hard to get the shit ready to go out the fucking door. You take so much pride in that. And then you hand it off to a goddamn bumblefuck, you know? And it's like, Oof. man, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I started I, I the I started the show off with a couple f bombs. We need to roll it in, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, well, this here, ain't he, your mama's he, fucking podcast. The new f bomb is FedEx, by the way. Oh, there it is. So, but here, nice. here, let me let me just say this. Thank you to uh, everybody who bought the Apollo and is cool about this situation. Um, that is one thing I have learned about our customer base. About ninety five percent of you all are very cool about this. We we had a like a couple of people just get like really shitty with us about like you said they'd start shipping at this time and blah blah. And mm. it's like yeah, I get it, but we man and and we made an email blast that that explained. And in fact, Sarah did this great thing where she took. <laughs> She took all the photos of all the damaged crates oh, nice. and yeah. put them in like a, like a, com- a compilation. <laughs> and nice. And we just sent it to everybody that we hadn't shipped yet. And we yeah. said, hey, just be aware, this is the reason why we're not doing this. We're not shipping yeah. this because, you know, the first 20 ended up looking like this and we're trying yeah. to solve that problem. And like right. I said, 95% of everybody was really cool about it. And a couple people bitched and they were like, this sucks. And I'm, I'm waiting and I wish it didn't happen. And I like concur. Me, right? I get it. I, I yeah. fucking get it. I'm so sorry. I just, um, you know, we're, we're, we're working through the, this stuff, but, uh, yeah. anyway, gentlemen, how has Man. your working week been so far? I mean, what, what's, what's the news? Been good, man. Been ben, good. Go, ahead, go ahead. Go first. No, I'll go. It's been good, man. I um, I'm actually running a um, cabinet making contest with a, a pretty good sized nonprofit called Skills USA. Back up, uh, back up, back up. Hold on. No cabinet making contest. Yeah, yeah. This kinda is kind of crazy. Thing. 
right? Yeah. Yep. For high schoolers. Ah, um, gotcha. And so Skills USA is a, a nonprofit. I it was kind of serendipitous. I had just kind of stumbled across them on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, these guys are pretty cool. So their their main focus is to try to increase like skilled labor laborers, I guess you'd say, right? So they they want to bring folks out of high school into skilled labor jobs, directly into the trades, directly into you know, hands-on opportunity. Um, and so they're doing it through outreach and education. They're working with school districts uh, and, and those kinds of things so that they can make sure these programs are sort of robust and really well integrated uh, with the rest of the education platform. Uh, and then towards the spring of every year, they... Um, in each state, they host a number of contests, and I think there's like 20 of them going on all across the state of Idaho the same week that I'm hosting the cabinet making. And it can be anything from welding to robotics to uh, there's con like general construction where they have to frame a, a small structure, and there's all kind of stuff. So kind of a really cool opportunity Um Kind of got into it through the maker shop uh, that I've been helping at on and off. Uh, my buddy Alex reached out. He's going to host the event there. And then I'll be, I'm kind of the chair of the, of the contest committee. So gathering materials and each, each kid will start with a, with a set of pretty detailed plans. Uh, and then from that plant, that plan sheet, they'll also get all of the materials needed to build this cabinet. It's kind of a small, I don't know, maybe 18 or 20 inches wide by, you know, 20 to 24 inch deep cabinet. Almost like one you'd see beside a stove or a range in a kitchen, you know. Nice. So, yeah, and then they've got from like 8.30 till 3.30, I think, to build the whole thing. Then we'll have judges uh, that actually judge their work and, and they'll be judging like during the contest. So... Uh, things like how clean's your workspace, how safe are you when operating, you know, some of the big iron tools and that kind of stuff. And uh, there's points for get, you know, completing the project and all that kind of shit. So it's been really cool. It's been uh, a really cool group of people who are just passionate about, you know, changing from the current paradigm. Uh, to a new one where people value skilled labor and people, you know, seek it out as a career choice and that kind of stuff. So it's been really cool. Man, man I wish I had that when I was going through school because that right? sounds amazing. No doubt. And I think yeah. that's that's what really sort of drew me to it was that exact thought. You know, it's like, man, this, if this shit did exist when I was coming up, I didn't know about it and I wished I would have. It probably would have changed my whole trajectory. Um, and so getting involved and, you know, Alex and I are talking about more classes for high school age kids at the maker shop and different things, teaching them some business stuff as well as woodworking and how do we integrate all that. And, you know, it's reaching out to brands, trying to get sponsorship for prizes for the contest and trying to get all the materials and yeah. Herding cats again, you know, what I'm good at. <laughs> I don't know how you get yourself into this shit, but uh, I don't I mean, either. where you find the time. I mean, I you're don't making either. all that leather stuff for that uh, Atlanta project. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, I uh, I appreciate your dedication to your community. You know, doing the local community stuff is really oh, important. I think, and we forget is. about that because a lot of us are like online a lot. You know, we're, yeah, and honestly, we're not doing that. like since I since I've stepped back a little bit from online, I I think that's part of what's making it hard for me to jump back into the barrel is that I have started building a pretty good local community of uh, makers and like-minded people and that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, I don't find myself craving conversation as much cause I'm fucking having them all day long, you know? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. My, but, I have the opposite problem because I talk to people about yeah. what I do and I forget because pretty much 90% of my interactions with everyone is online and they're all my people, people yeah, I love talking yeah. with, you know, sharing ideas and all of that. And, <laughs> you know, when somebody walks up to me and we're talking about something and I'm just like, I, I have a tough time, you know, making yep. conver- you know, small talk conversation no doubt, um, yeah. with people because they don't, they're not in the same world. And I guess that's what I really love about everybody that contributes to like WFI projects and all the guys that listen to the podcast and follow our social media. It's because they're the one like, like I say this all the time, but the, we, we found our freaks, everybody that loves to hang yeah. out and do all that same stuff. It's just that we're not in the same state. Most of us, you know, right. So, right. Yeah. No doubt. Well, maybe state no of doubt. mind. I don't know, but you know, yeah. Sure. Right. No, it's, it's, it's been really cool. It's been fun. It's, you know, an honor to get plugged into an organization like that and a, and a great opportunity. And, you know, like you said, still got all the other irons in the fire with the, the leather job and furniture for Sun Valley and uh, making earring stands. My neighbor is the marketing director for a pretty good jewelry store here in town. And he's always got crazy ideas. He pops over and wants to laser some shit and, so I'm making those and yeah, full, full on coaching baseball, you know, you name it. We'll do oh, it. Oh man. Sounds like a good week, man. Been good. Yeah. You said you had a full on week cone. What's happening up there. Okay. So I have a lot to talk about. I've had a very full week and uh, you know, I might skip a few things, but it is what it is, but I'm going to start with the low point. Okay. So early on last week. Um, so I basically, I had a bunch of knives that I had pre-made that I knew that I needed to sell while the shop was being re- getting ready and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So one of those knives uh, happened to sell and it happened to sell to my grandparents' friend. Okay. So here in Mount Pleasant, there's a casino and my grandparents are always looking for reasons to come over to Mount Pleasant to visit me and then go check out the casino, you know, as, as you do. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> so basically I reached out to them like, hey, you know, maybe instead of shipping this thing, you guys can have a reason to come out this way and, you know, it'd be fun. Oh, yeah, cool. It's great. So they came out and, and um, you know, they, they saw me and whatever paid for the knife, you know, got the knife transported. And then they went to the casino and then I went out to the shop to start working out in the shop. And I got a panicked call from my mom saying, Hey, are the grandparents there? Oh no. And I said, no, what's going on? And it was like, Oh, can you, we can't get a hold of them and their house is on fire. Oh, oh. shit. Get yeah. Out of here. Yeah. So they're they're They have a wood burning stove for heat in the house. Oh, and yeah, that's the, my old man's worst fucking fear yeah dude it's it was really scary and um 
they're they're in the casino and there's of course no no cell service in the casino they don't want you to leave while you're there you right know? yeah so they ended up having to call the casino to get them to the phone and then let them know and then you know all that type of stuff Fuck. luckily how, the, how did the house fare so it around the the center of the house which is where the kitchen is which by the way they had literally just finished redoing their kitchen for the Aww. first time in like 30 years right oh worked their whole so life they had to do just that. finished it and it's it all around in the kitchen and like the 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 ceiling's pretty well burnt out like if you're standing by the wood stove you can see right up to the sky mm-hmm. but um so it the Shit. spark apparently went up into the attic and burnt through the attic and hmm. you know kind of did that Luckily, like 90% of the house is salvageable, except for around the kitchen, of course. And then if there's water damage all over the place. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's just kind of, it's, for me, it feels yeah. weird because the only reason they were away from their house was because of me. Yeah. And like, if they were That's there, they could have, I know, yeah. I know. And I know mentally that it's not my fault and it may have been good that they were out of the house and all that type of stuff. But like, you know, you still have that little nagging guilt in the back yeah. of your mind. Yeah. But, you know, so it, good but job, the Brian. nice you about what? killed your grandparents. Nice job. <laughs> so right? the, the nice thing, me? the nice thing is they have really good insurance and the insurance people basically said you have more insurance than you have problems. So hopefully they'll be able to get everything back up and going relatively soon. But I mean, you, you guys know how that goes. And, you know, my family, all of my family lives in that area. So they have plenty of places to go and, you know, couch surf and not couch surf. There's plenty of spare bedrooms and whatnot to go to but so they're taken care of but you know for a while there is pretty damn scary but no doubt man that coming that, out of <laughs> coming out of that low so coming out of that low start beco knives my shop is up and running and it feels fantastic choo-choo, um, baby. the first knife that i've finished out of the shop is not only done, but raffled, and the raffle sold out. So that, I saw that, that feels really man. good. That's I know, dude. Amazing. That was fast, too. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I I almost feel like Matt Gentry over here starting a raffle, and it sells out immediately. But Yeah, it felt, <laughs> it felt really good to get that going, and it's done. And actually, tonight at 7, so while you guys are listening, it was last night at 7. I'm going to do the raffle, or I'm going to do the live stream to pull the winner. So that'll be fun. Um, I'm definitely getting to work pull on a bunch wiener. of... Yeah, man. We're um we're working on the chopper challenge, me and Kyle. So that's kind of fun. We're getting some knives done with that, doing some filming, really getting back in the swing of things. Um, another thing that is kind of fun is last night I had my buddy Alex over to build his first knife. So you know, being able to, oh, I, I really want to get into teaching and like teaching classes and whatnot. Oh, I think you'd be so good at it, dude. So basically, I've been kind of asking around my friends, like, hey, you know, you want to come over and build a knife? And basically, it's so that I can have a couple reps of, like, teaching a knife class start to finish and, like, kind of figure out the different steps that you have to do. But we did the first round of that last night, and it felt really good. Like, it was it was a really good time. We got a lot of work done in a relatively short amount of time, and nice. it just how went long, really well. How long do you think it would – like, how long of a class are you thinking – would it would take for a knife build so there's a lot of variables there so if you just do like you know a very simple like let's say we're doing a railroad spike knife we could probably get that done in an hour or two that's that's okay. a pretty simple thing to get done and yeah. you know you, you end up with a knife that's not really i mean some people say it's hard and some ugh, it, there's a lot of variables there sure 
Sure. If I'm just doing stock removal, you're, you're going to need at least two days. Okay. Because you're going to yep. need the first day to get up through heat treat and then the second day to go from heat treat, grind the blades, put on the handles. Sure, sure. You know, do yeah. what you need to do. And then if you're doing forged, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more to that and you have to do normalization cycles before you can heat yeah. treat. And, you know, there's there's a lot more there and it's probably going to be needed to push into multiple days mm-hmm. or you start it, I finish it type of a deal. Yeah, I, I, I asked that because I like I've been asked to teach classes out at the maker shop a number of times and. I just haven't had time to be, to be frank. Um, but one of the, one of the things that I always kind of trip myself up on is how long do you need? And I often find in like with past experience doing trainings, whatever I think I need, double it or triple it, you yeah. know, cause it's like shit moves so slow. Um, or sometimes things go really fast, but generally it's like, you accomplish a lot less than you thought you would in one session, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's the one thing that I've already learned is, you know, you have to design the blade before you start. So, you know, spending an hour to kind of mold a design from, you know, kind of the first whack at things and then, you know, hey, this this little thing, this little aspect, you know, we're looking at this tool is going to shape that, so you might want to change your design for this. That's what I uh, had with this uh, contest. You know, it was like, I'm sitting here looking at plans and looking at plans and looking at plans. And I'm like, I cannot fucking wrap my head around this fully. So I just went and bought all the shit and built one. (laughs) You know, it was like, all right, now I understand the entire thing, you know, but it just sometimes it's really hard if you're just starting on something brand new with a group of people. It can be really tricky. The other thing that's been in my shop is um, I've been getting a lot of things coming in through the mail. So I don't know if you guys saw that that post I put out about Pelican Paste. Yeah. Um, I yeah. made a basically, um, you know, Bird Forage over there is selling this Pelican Paste. And that's that's going really well. And I really love the smell of it and all that fun stuff. If you guys want free shipping, just put in code BCONE and you'll get some free shipping on Pelican Paste. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> BKOHN. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I. But I've also got a little nano neck knife from North Edge Tools, which is a really well done little knife. And you got any we actually pelican piss on it. <laughs> actually, I, I did rub some pelican paste on it. And it's <laughs> turned out really nice. Said. But um, what's really fun with that North Edge Tools, he, we figured it out. That was his his twenty fifth knife he's ever finished, and it looks wow. really really good. Like all the lines are straight and everything's like. It's aesthetically pleasing, and it's well-made, and it's only his 25th knife, which is very impressive. Nice. And then the last thing, I just got some handle scales. Thank you to Mike over at Mike's Blades. He sent me some Kevlar, Thunderstorm, crazy scales to try on a knife, so that's going to be really cool. And then that Vever anvil, that's that's something I'm going to have to play around with before I... Vever! Yeah. I mean, so... There's something that I want to talk to you guys about because, you know, I want to build this relationship with Vever and like review their tools and get in with them. But, yeah. you know, I'm not really worried. It, it was their shipping problem that screwed up the tip of the anvil, whatever. Yeah. It's no big deal. The thing that the first thing that kind of made me feel a little bit shady about it is they're advertising the anvil as 110 pounds. Yeah. And yeah. on the side of the box, the overall weight of the crate is a hundred pounds. Right. So yeah. when you're you reviewing, weigh, did you actually weigh the, the anvil? Because 
Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> here's my here's when you sent me that um, I looked at it and my initial thought was that they were that they use a range for their right. weights and they don't so like it might be the difference of like ten or twelve bucks to ship that crate if it says a hundred versus a hundred and ten or hundred and twelve so you might actually have a hundred and ten pound anvil. Okay. And you just don't know it. You know, the box says that, but it's like, you know, that's their way of like saving a few bucks. <laughs> I know that yeah. sounds like shitty, <laughs> but like I do a lot of shipping. Chips, so right? oh. I, I do a lot of shipping and there's a Wait. lot of ways. Yeah. Wait a second, a, Brian. Hold on. Are you, are I you don't saying do this. this is from experience or? No, because we ship <laughs> a lot of flat rate. So it doesn't really matter yeah. on our end. But it's kind of like the we potato chips, everything. right? Where it's the net weight and you open the fucking bag and there's only a quarter of a bag in there but you know it's the net weight is a pound or whatever the hell it is a similar scenario right it might be the difference of like 50 bucks to ship something that's 110 pounds and there's you know fedex gives you like room for this and no one is going around over at fedex going yeah you better weigh that over there you know i think there's five pounds heavier than you know what they said (laughs) it was you know shit like that it doesn't work like that I felt bad for the poor guy who pulled it out of his truck at the end of my driveway and literally hefted it up on his shoulder and walked it all the way up to my mm. side These door. These numbskulls. Let me tell you Makes something. Makes you wonder I'm... what he was doing with that fucking horn sticking out, though, you know? Yeah, right. Huh? The, other, the, thing, the other thing there? is, is these guys have two-wheel carts. And, you know, um, right. one of the, one of the favorite shit. things that uh, I get is, like, ring cam videos of these people delivering all of our heavy shit so uh, this is like a thing no joke like i get a couple of these a week and these guys are not using their two-wheel carts it's like are you stupid yeah you have a two that you're you're given a two-wheel cart to roll this up to the customer's front door would be strapped in my fucking hand all day man yeah you're lugging it like yeah it's it's just I get it. It takes a minute apes. to get it out of the truck. They're but fucking apes, on. man. They don't even know how to use goddamn tools. Careful. That's what We've separates got a couple of male us. delivery guys that are listening to the podcast on the regular uh, and our patrons, by the way. As long as they work for fucking postal service, that's all right. That's it. Oh, so, so, yeah, anyway, that's, Brian, that's are, been... That, oh, sorry. That's your thing ahead. this week? No, go ahead, Brian. No, that's pretty much it. I I started out the week kind of on a low, like, oh, shit, what's going on with the grandparents? And then ended the week yeah. on a pretty damn high with really getting a lot of work done in the shop and, you know, you, getting some customer's knives good. started. I've got a chef knife that, you know, is supposed to be 10 inches, but I got crazy with the forage and brought it out to like 11 and a half inch. Yowza. So that thing's yeah. going to be a massive thing. I'm excited about it. Reach out and touch somebody with that fucker. Amen. Cool. Story of my life. Always need All that right. extra inch. Always need that extra inch. Oh, well, I don't know if you guys saw, but this uh, last week and a half, I've been building forges for Jason Knight, and um, I was on the phone with him, and we were talking, and I said, "Man, you know, we the first forge that we built for him was before we even got any of the production level forges in. I just cut it with my plasma table." Sure. Yeah. And then we got all these nice parts in for my laser cutters and stuff. And, and these are great. And so I said to Jason, I'm like, man, could you use a second one if I sent you a second one? He's like, yeah, <laughs> right. we, yeah, of course. He's like, we're, you know, they're teaching a lot of classes or they, they will mm-hmm. be once the, once their new studio opens up. 
And then, of course, that rolled into, well, how are you going to how are you going to display them or how are you going to use them? You know, and he's like, well, I guess we'll build some stands for him. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll build you a couple of custom stands. Those things are badass, man. They're so yeah. cool. And and make and then so then it 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 rolled into from custom stands to hammer holders to just you know and yeah. and, and <clears throat> here's the thing when you see me doing work like this it, there's definitely a business end of it like of course I want my gear in Jason's Forge I sure. want it there sure however if you noticed the amount of the level I went to, to make the stands and the hammer holders mm-hmm. and all the stuff, it's because I love supporting another maker's work, especially like Jason. Knight. hundred percent, mm-hmm. man. And yeah. if, you do if, so well at that. Yeah. If you can just take, it's hard for me to explain how much time I put into those things, but I put tons of design time into them and energy into them. And these are things we don't sell. I mean, you know, it's it's not like that. It's I want him when he walks into that forge on the on day one, when he opens that those doors to have classes in there to feel pride because, you know, a lot of his tools got really damaged during the fire. And, you know, I just had this overwhelming sense. By the way, Jason's easy to love. You know, Mm -hmm. he's one of those guys that you just you love him not just because he's an amazing maker, but because of he's amazing human being, you know? And so I got, uh, I got really into the weeds with that project and it paid off. And I'll, let me tell you how it paid off. So this is good karma coming back around is the reels that I made all went viral. Hell yeah. uh, and, and you know, like some of them have over a million <laughs> views on them. Wait, and it, you know, it, your forge went viral, and it wasn't because of Nazi symbolism. Wow, that's awesome! <laughs> Good Actually, job, Brian. that that one is by far still my most watched that. piece of content ever. By the way, it has it has surpassed nine million views on that video. Whoa. By the way, yeah. oh jeez, nine million—that's massive, massive. And but the the forge build videos they did for Jason, they've only been out for like a week, and they're over a million. So they're they're definitely hustling for me. And here's what they're doing. They are generating lots of interest in our work. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, when you when you look at a like a project like this and, a, and you balance it all out, you really start to see the benefit of going the extra mile. OK. Mm-hmm. And these these aren't even in a studio yet. Like he's at Blade, Texas right now. So, yeah, uh, I can't even like put him on a truck yet. They're in a crate, though. I, I've got them crated up. And, Who are you shipping uh, those crates through, Brian? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about calling FedEx and seeing how they, <laughs> seeing how bad they can fuck this thing up. Pay um, a fucking but, driver, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And so the, you know, the 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 point I'm trying to make, I guess, is that I really, if you if you think about doing a collaboration with someone, think about going. You know, the taking the original concept, the 10 X, the concept of, you know, collaborating with someone and then 10 Xing it Mm. because at that level, you're going to get the feedback, the, you know, from the audience and the network, you're going to really start seeing the algorithm push it. And I kept in the whole time I'm making these things for Jason. I enjoyed the process. It was a lot of work, but I truly 
loved the process of doing it for him. And it's because I, I really do, you know, appreciate him and want to, him to get back on his feet and stuff. And then it's going to be so freaking cool, right, to have my gear in his shop. So um, yeah. that that was a that was a really cool project that we did this week. Yeah. And those are going to be out next week um, on a semi out to him because the crate weighs like a thousand pounds. It's like insane. Right. I use structural tube steel, by the way, to make those stands Woo. because you want them to be bottom heavy. You know, you right. don't want the you don't want the stand of the forge to feel top heavy when you're rolling it around. I used industrial casters, so they don't have I have this nice. new rule now. I don't use rubber coated wheels on anything in here. Mm. And, oh. and the reason is, is because rubber or plastic is because they do degrade. Mm-hmm. And with these industrial casters, it's like imagine those old like rail carts with steel right. wheels yeah, and no yeah, yeah. bearings. That's what I used for these because they'll last him a lifetime. You know, he'll no never rubber have baby to replace buggy them. bumpers. Or yeah, for you. they're all cast you? iron. Yeah, they're they're really cool cast iron industrial nice. casters. Now, and uh, and then you saw all the safety equipment that I put on them as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now here's my question. I know you're not planning on selling these things, but goddamn, do I want one? <laughs> like I, I I know that I'm not the only guy that saw that. I was yeah. like, holy shit, I would pay a lot of money for that. Yeah, and I, and you're you're right because we got a bunch of messages from people that want us just to build them the stand, even if they're not using an Apollo, they yeah. want that stand. And I mean, man, if I had a staff of like ten guys in here fabricating, you know, we like, could probably uh, handle what's it. What's his but, name there? Adam up at Maker Table. Just Adam would be the guy. Yeah, he could. If you could out. come up with like a a flat packable way to do this, which I think you yeah. could. Uh, it would, it would be okay. I think it's, it would take some engineering, some creative engineering to do it. And it's definitely possible, but yeah. The Apollo Forge needs some rocket boosters to stand on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just saying. And that was kind of the, the concept there with the tiered, uh, steel was to make it look, uh, like a rocket, you know, like kind of like just, uh, and then the base of the forge. And then we added some nice gussets to the top and all of that. And it's, it's kind of got like an old NASA, you know, 1960s NASA Apollo. Cause if you look at the Apollo rockets, they all kind of look like this. So that was the, that was was at least the tips of them anyway. It was a killer design. And, and, and I know you've mentioned it in the past about, you know, people reaching out for freebies and that kind of shit. And, you know, yeah, I know you historically do stuff like this for people in the community because it has meaning. And I think to me, that's just, it's such a better way to do it, right? Um, some of these brands that just scatter their shit everywhere, uh, you know, and I've worked with them and I know you guys have worked with them where it's like, there's no, not hardly even a transaction there, you know? And so doing it this way with a, you know, with a very meaningful project and product, I think it just there's so much more value to it. And I don't know. I just really appreciate it. You can put the way your you money it. in advertising, right? You yeah. like I could dump I could dump five, ten thousand bucks into, you know, mm-hmm. blanketing the internet with our pictures and stuff. But I would much rather do what I'm doing, which is supporting the work of certain makers and you know, right. it's I, I get a lot of people that go uh, hey man, I, you know I, I want. I had some very like large scale accounts message me about sending them stuff. I don't have a relationship with them though, you know. Right. And and I right. and it would be awesome. Hey, you've got you know half a million followers on Instagram. 
the thing is, is I don't know who the fuck you are. Even though you exactly. have 500,000 people, you've never talked to me before. And our first interaction is you asking me for free shit. Yeah. Yeah. Not cool. Like exactly. Jason and I are friends. I, he lost his, his forge. You know, there, there's a lot of reasons why I'm doing it with doing it with Jason versus somebody else who might have a whole lot more influence I just don't have a relationship with them, and and that's my choice. I get to pick, and and of course, as soon as I said no, they're off the radar. You know, they don't right. they don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So speaking of uh, supporting people who really need the support and are great people, there's one last note on my little sheet, and I'm gonna get it out of the way. So we all know Brian Hunt over at Hidden Rose Forge, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we've seen those crazy uh, Baker Forge and Tool Damascus. Vico knives, carbon fiber <laughs> on the handle. Uh, you know, those knives are actually going up for raffle here, I think tonight. So by the time you guys listen to it, it will be live. And all of the funds that go into this raffle is specifically going to helping his daughter's eye surgery, which she desperately needs, but the insurance have dropped the ball on them and kind of screwed them Pack over. Suckers. But if you've got seen these things, if the if you've seen these knives, they are the most gorgeous knives oh, I've seen in a knife, long man. time. Just killer. Yeah. The the Bowie Chef knife and this little hunting knife. And it sounds like there's gonna be two winners. The first winner is gonna be able to choose one or the other, and then the second winner is gonna get what's left. But both knives are just absolutely fantastic. And uh yeah, guys, go support it. There's gonna be a lot of people that get in on it and Honestly, it's all going to such a great cause that, I mean, don't feel bad. It's it's going to be a fantastic situation. And, uh, yeah, go check out Hidden Rose Forge. Go get in on that raffle and have fun with it, guys. Nice. So, Very Ben. Good. Oh, good go ahead. I was going to shift gears into WFI projects if you guys got a few minutes to do that with me. Yes, sir. A lot of really great content on there and one i'm going to bring up bird forge again in Pat- palatica palatka florida i'm sure i'm butchering that but uh where wherever he lives in the north the great northern portion of the state of florida where you can truly be as crazy and as free as you would like uh, uh <laughs> here if you guys haven't been following the uh the craziness yep. that goes on oh, in florida of course Jesus. It's, uh, there's we got lots going on, but here's something that- It takes that, all um, kinds, brother. It takes all <laughs> kinds. I think we have like eight or nine million people that live here now. It's like insane, yeah. but it's a big and state. Se- seven uh, or eight of them are fucking lunatics. <laughs> uh, no good ever comes out of this place, I'll tell you what. But uh, So what the hell did you over there? Come on now. I know. <laughs> but Bird Forge, uh, our man Travis Haynes, right? He just had a bunch of- his knife blanks water jetted out and uh, sent to him. And so you hear me talking a lot about this kind of thing from a business standpoint. It's so much better to, if you're not doing hand forge work, like what Brian is doing, but like, you know, if you've got a production line to have these knives water jetted out, and there's a lot of companies that do this and you will be amazed at how affordable it is. So if you're finding yourself, repeating the profiling process of your knives all the time, then you, it's probably time you should, or a particular knife in, you know, that's the thing. I think like bald man, he's seeing, you know, certain knife models of his 
that are selling more than others. And he's doing the same thing. He's invested in having his knives water jetted out. And it was, it was really affordable to do it. And that way it brings you to the next stage of your knife making so that you can actually, you know, start doing production work where I truly believe there's, that's where the margins are is in the production work. Um, and that's just my per- perspective. I'm sure there's money in the customs too, but it's like, you know, if you want to get the ball rolling, get those flagship products made, this is the way to do it. And he's well, also doing the blue craft. Yeah, and you get design. repeatability out of it. You yeah. get a lot of repeatability out of it. So you can make the same knife over and over and over and just do your own custom things to each knife. Um, one of my favorite knives is a production knife by one of my favorite people. His name is Brian Cohn. He said hey. a kitchen knife, and that was one of your production level knives, that K tip. Yeah. And that's, man, I love that knife. It's got the carbon fiber handle on it, it's comfortable in the hand. It's sharp as shit. I don't know what you do to your knives, but they are insanely razor sharp. Dude, no fucking AEBL. Yeah, it's insane how sharp you get those knives on a belt finish too. I mean, I don't mean to stroke your. Yeah, I. I mean, I sliced my thumb on your knife on accident the other day, and I'm like, God damn, that thing went so deep so quick, (laughs) and I'm bleeding all over the kitchen. I'm like, fucking Brian and the sharp knives. God damn it. (laughs) See. People give me so much shit because I, I sharpen the knives on the top of the belt while the belt's going towards me. Well, obviously mm. it works. It does work. You, <laughs> well, you hey, have your geometry down. Speaking oh, I of sharpening, and, and this may not necessarily pertain to knife making, uh, he's got more of a, a woodworking slant to it, but uh, Cats Moses on YouTube He's a tool manufacturer and maker and video creator. Uh, but he's he was just announced yesterday. I think he's working on what he's calling the greatest ni- uh, sharpening test ever invented or some crazy shit. Bought a bunch of machinery and uh, testing equipment and stuff like that. And he's going to be testing um, specifically chisels and plane blades but he's also looking really closely at stropping and whether it's advantageous or not to to do to your blade so if folks are interested in just seeing some results of a sharpening test his tests are usually pretty damn good he he does a pretty good cool. job with shit check him but out yeah thank you thank you Brian i really appreciate that compliment i really feel good it, it, you're welcome, and it's it's earned. You know, I don't give out yeah. those compliments uh, Sharp as willy shit. nilly here. It, it, it's is. really really true. That's a great. It, so that's one of your production blades, and I I love having it. I mean, of course, and it but it does not feel like uh, I got jilted or anything. You know, like I got a a fake version of your knife or anything. It's like I know well, you handled it. I know you that, worked on it. Yeah. Yeah, but there are people in the community that that go, you know, hey, that's not a that's not a custom knife. So it's not really, you know, worth, you know, what it's just that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I I, I partially agree. And, you know, the the custom knives, if you're looking at a chef knife, you're looking between 400 and possibly as high as you want, depending on the materials where these things are at 200. Yeah, that's that's why the price is lower. And it's one, one thing things... if you're selling it as a quote custom made knife. It's sure. still a handmade knife. It's still right. built by a small maker and all the other attributes. 
It's just sure. not custom. Well, That's it. One of our new patrons, Noah Vashon, he talks about this on the knife uh, when he was on with uh, Knife Talk, where he sat in with the. Um, he sat yes. in place of somebody. I can't remember who, but yeah. And he talked about like the different, like he's selling with eating tools now. And, you know, they're very particular, you know, be he's making custom knives. And if this is going to be a 13 to $1,500 knife, it has to have 13 to $1,500 worth of finish work and all of these things. And so when I think in terms of that is like, I don't have the patience to make a, that kind of knife. I just, I'm not built like that. But from a perspective of somebody like Travis, he's looking at, okay, I want to be able to pump out enough knives to go to this festival, you know, just cut out all the profiling, have them water jetted out and make them and, you know, the repeatability. Anyway, yeah, you know, I'm preaching to the choir and I get it, but I just I think he's doing great things over there in in light of his situation, lost his job. He started being a maker full time. Another person that you should be looking at and watching them do their thing. He's doing this Pelican Pay stuff. He's got a lot of things going on. Promo code and decone it, for free shipping. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you are shameless. I like it. I'm telling you right now. I have ma- I have built a monster. Yeah, you can claim that one, bro. Because you know how I always say this? Half of your job is to make it. The other half is to sell it in the selling portion. If you're not going to do it, you're you're you you haven't shown up to half of your job and that's not cool. So you got to get out there and sell your work. And and so Travis is a great guy. Go find him out there. WFI projects, by the way, WFI projects approaching 11,000 projects. 11,000. Such a good wow. idea you had, House. That's crazy. I know. Hashtag. I come up with these fantastic ideas. Promo code <laughs> Promo code WFI10 on yeah. BakerForge.com, by the way. It does yeah. work. It will get you 10% off. <laughs> some some, oh, shit. some oh, raindrop Q shim. All right. Well, we finally made it back to we finally made it back to hashtag wfi project so i'll take up the next one aru underscore bladeworks is working on this really gorgeous knife it doesn't have the handles on yet but i love this design it's it's one of those harpoon clips and i mean just the fact that you can see the the brute to forge on top the nice one of the things that i struggle with is when you forge out a knife and you're trying to leave that brute to forge to still have nice straight clean bevel lines and he's done it Mm. it's it's really well done and uh a lot of skill went into it, and then obviously go check out Aru Bladeworks over Aru. on Instagram. Just coming up, he is just a couple short of a thousand followers. So let's let's get him past that a thousand followers. That's Jason mark. Moss, is yeah, it? Dude, Moss great guy. man, cometh. Yeah, great guy for sure. Yeah, HT One Metalworks. I don't you know oh, if you guys are his shit. man, dude. Love so his shit. He was recently on the. I want to say it was the Making Our Way podcast, yes. I think. Um, and mm-hmm. I actually reached out to him about my hardware situation as well when I was trying to hunt up some custom hardware for the leather stuff. But uh, he's got a post here saying that his furnace is down hard and he's got to pay for parts around 600 bucks. So all his cast inventory is on sale. He needs money by Friday. So if you're... In the market for some cast brass. A lot of his stuff is military related. 
um, I think he was saying like every job in the military at one point in time had a sort of logo or emblem to represent it. And he's got over 150 some of those covered uh, with molds uh, and can make uh, brass castings specifically for those. But his stuff is just phenomenal. It's just really, really fucking cool stuff. So HT1 Metalworks. Good guy over there, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Kawo, Ka- Kawo Jeanette. How do you say that? Is well, who's she? Kawo Jeanette. Carol Ann Jeanette. <laughs> Carol Ann Jeanette. Oh, on, she's on, just kidding. Uh, she's phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. Did you see the little anchor she what forged fucking, out? Like, there is she's nothing so cool. this woman cannot fucking do. I'm convinced. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, pretty it's great. Incredible. And she's a supporter of our work. She's a patron. She listens to the podcast every week and uh, always is tagging us and sending us stuff, and it's really great. And she did a little tiny forged anchor, and I love this mm-hmm. because there's a lot of thought put into it, and the symbol of the anchor is, like, one of my favorite things in the whole world, mm-hmm. and I have it tattooed on me. So I love that, nice. and nice work. Yeah. I'm going to shout out Riley Knife and Tool. Um, oh, yeah. It looks it looks like they were making this. Basically, they had some scrap um, brown, linen, brown linen micarta, and yep. they decided to make this this design that basically it's just a little handle that clamps onto an exacto knife or one of those disposable uh, utility razors blade. utility yeah. blade that's the word I was looking for mm-hmm. and it makes a nice little shop tool so I mean this they're only yeah, fifteen handy. they're only fifteen dollars a pop plus shipping I mean come on it's, it's, it's like cheap. a no brainer yeah but it's really cool that'd be great that for um for leather work you know I, yeah I I tend to I used Beacon, the knife you made. I used the shit out of that thing, but that's the only blade I use. Fuck yeah. Nice. It's the only blade I use that I have to sharpen. Otherwise, I'm I'm fully disposable, you know? Um, Those nine millimeter uh, snap off the tip things, they're great. But something like this would be good for chopping the end of a belt or anything, really. It's just fucking handy looking. Yeah, nice. Cool. You have one more. I got uh, Timbo J Fisher. It looks like he's throwing together a little CNC or something here. He's got uh, NEMA 23 servo motors here and some heavy C channel laying around. I'm trying to read to see what he said he's going to do. Probably way overkill. Fun side quest, metallic gray. I'm not sure what he's making, but uh, he's making something with a. <laughs> fucking servo motor and i'm guessing it's uh some kind of cnc something so yeah right. timbo Once j again, fisher ben has done fantastic research yeah right have there. at it brother through the, through the, dude uh, all right speaking not, of, speaking it's not the first CN- time i've looked at it but i just kind of forget what it said i'm sorry speaking of cnc <laughs> brian what the hell is going on with that giant machine goat in your shop Hey, I've, I've, I'm, I'm drilling, I'm tapping, I'm making holes, I'm, I'm milling, I'm doing all kinds of stuff with it. So it, it's just little bits at a time, though. You know, I'm just yeah. doing standard stuff, like making right. fixtures and things like that. I have not crashed the machine. I have not Here only broke one drill bit. And that was just like a stupid mistake that I made on the first thing. So then I learned yeah. a lot from that experience. But yeah, it's 
dude, it's so amazing to have this machine and um, already starting to work out like new prototypes and stuff like that. So, oh, bet. yeah, it's uh, it's game on from this point forward. The way my brain works with the with the CAD work and all of that and solving problems, having this machine is like having the a key to unlocking so many oh, bet, problems. Man. All I'm yeah. saying is production Solution. dives. Here we come. Yeah. That, that's definitely on the ticker, dude. I mean, I I have a lot to learn because my approach to this machining a knife is going to be different than what most people do. So, sure. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think, you know, I've got a lot to learn, but uh, I also got that fourth axis, you know, so that yeah. I can do a lot with that. And, you know, it, it's going to be really great. But, yeah, no, dude, I think, it's um, killer having this. That, that, that was one of the biggest things for me, st- like diving into the CNC rabbit hole, was just to start making shit for around the shop, you know, and just it, it's a really good way to produce a product, solve a problem, and get, com- you know, more and more comfortable with the machine and I think, you know, you'll, I'm sure you'll figure out all kinds of different work holding and, you know, feeds and speeds and all that shit. And sometimes it just takes jumping in, right? And let's start cutting some fucking stuff, see what we yeah. end up with, you know? Yeah, now, my first thing was, like, just drilling a bunch of holes, yeah. you know, and just, you know, figuring that out and gave me the confidence. And then um, I'm going to shout out Clay Manufacturing, this this gentleman who lives out in California I ended up finding his YouTube channel months ago because he has a garage and uh, yeah, he has a mini mill in his garage and he makes these like little projects and stuff. But his focus is really like educating people mm-hmm. on how to do this stuff. Right. And what I found interesting about it was, OK, so he on his YouTube channel, he walks you through the CAD side like you basically take a drawing of a, of a vice handle and he walks you through the CAD side. Then he walks you through the cam side, nice. which is the machining yep. side where machine you like movement. You, in machine movement. And there's a surprisingly, there's surprisingly little information out there like this, where it takes yeah. you from inception of something all the way to the machining portion of it. There's Most a people lot get to of like the cam side and it's like, well, yeah, then the machine does its fancy mumbo jumbo shit. But what I found well, a lot the, of times yeah. is the, the cam that, that um, the result of the cam, right? The, the movement of the machine sometimes was so fucking sporadic and, and unexplainable that I wished I could dive in and sort of manipulate it a bit, you know, where, for example, it might move all the way to the end of the workpiece to drill one hole and then come all the way back to the other end to drill another one. And it's, you know, sometimes yeah. it's not the most efficient process. So to understand yeah. how that works is important. Well, fusion, if you have fusion, there's mm-hmm. all you can literally manipulate every yeah. path and how it retracts and how high it retracts. You know, you can do all of these things yeah. and it reads it fine. And you can do simulations. So, yeah. you know, you, by the time you once you figure out probing the workpiece and the tools and the offsets, you really start to go, oh, holy shit, I can do a lot of stuff with this. And and uh, anyway, so I, I made his little vice handle. It's only half done because what's funny is he's releasing the videos as he's doing the project. 
So he hasn't finished the project either. Hence, okay, we haven't nice. finished the project. Nice. So I tagged him in it. And <laughs> what's funny about this is he didn't even know who I was. No idea who I am. <laughs> and then I I message him. And not that I'm a big deal or anything, but I'm a big deal, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So then he goes, <laughs> I tag him in something. Then I sent him a DM of my machine cutting his part. Right. And I said, Hey, you know, I appreciate you doing what you're doing because it gave me the confidence to do more. Yeah, hey, uh, you with might my not machine. know, but I'm kind of a big fucking deal. And kind I just of cut a your fucking part. big deal. Yeah, and then I tagged him in a reel, and then I invited him as a collaborator, and he was like, "Oh, holy shit!" Like, okay, because yeah. he had like 120 followers on Instagram. Like, oh, you know, he's not into the social media side oh, of things. Yeah, so, boy. yeah, so he was super appreciative of getting some new followers from you know that and all of that. So, um. But, uh, yeah, no, it was really cool. Clay Manufacturing, and I think, oh, gosh, let me just go look up his um, his handle real quick because then you guys can go follow him. Not that, that everybody's into the whole machining thing, but he does a lot of really cool um, tutorials and stuff. Okay, so, yeah, it's just Clay Manufacturing, all one word. And he adds yes. the, the benefit of following uh, me now and having me collaborate with him. He's gained a whole 10 followers of this. And now he has 130 followers. So, so everyone, everyone <laughs> counts these days. Jeez. Now, all I, I'm saying yeah. is every post from here on out, I'm just going to invite you as a collaborator, Brian. And uh, oh my we'll just God. rock it Get to the, the moon. Get the fuck out of here. I'm telling you, man, it's Invite like I love him and then drop your 10% off for Pelican shipping. Uh, all right. All right. Well, uh, you guys ready for a dad joke? Hell yeah. All right. Let me, uh, you, you got that trombone all warmed up over there, Brian. Oh man. All right. You are warmed up. I like it. I like it. I like it. I once had a fight in a toilet. Oh, yeah? Serious shit went down. <laughs> All right. And I have a couple, I think, on Facebook. And I haven't uh, been on the DMs in there for a while. But Nate Wapole. Oh, he's full of is <laughs> Always on there on Facebook with us. He says, what do you call a dog that likes magic? What? A labra cadabra door. <laughs> I can toler- tolerate algebra, maybe even a little bit of calculus, but geometry is where I draw the line. Yes. All right. All right. So yeah, yeah. appreciate everybody sending me those over. And we have a question in our Patreon patreon inbox and if you would like to be able to message us in patreon and ask us this question that we will answer in the after show go to patreon.com forward slash work for it and you can for as little as ten dollars and eighty cents a year imagine that year you could buy a burrito or you could support our work right here in fact i would hedge my bets to say with inflation a burrito is probably more than ten dollars and eighty cents now a a burrito worth eating a burrito but if you get a burrito if you put in discount code bico nice you are out of of control This que- this question comes from Ben Siegel. You may know him as Ben's Bites. Ben's this is bites. a question from Ben Siegel. He says, when you make content, 
Are you thinking about your audience? Mm. And then he says, Brian, and he spelled it correctly with an I. He says, you are clearly focused on your customers. I see makers splitting focus on material for other makers versus clients. Is this good or bad for sales? Oh, that's a really good delineation. And I see really good question. I see his point, right? Um, um, Yeah. Who did who? Wait, we can. Let's not no, talk this about is, it. It's after no, it's show stuff. About, no, this is not about that. Um, there was somebody that said, um, oh, it was um, a glimpse inside. Uh, Chris Burton, or I can't remember his name, but mm-hmm. a glimpse inside who manufactures basically French cleat systems and other uh, shit for your workshop. And he, I listened to him on a podcast recently, you know, and he said, he said, it has, it's taken me so long to finally realize that there is a really good market making shit for makers, you know? And he's like, at first it made no sense to me. Like these people can make this shit, you know, these people can make a grinder. These people can make a forge. They can make a French cleat, but you're right. Not everybody wants to, you know, not everybody has time to, not everybody likes to spend their hobby time making shit that they have to make. And so I think it was just a kind of a cool point, you know, but, this will be interesting, that delineation of how you create content. Is it yep. food for other makers or is it just flashy, sexy shit to draw them all in? And then he finishes his question with, just like my IG feed is full of makers, so IG is only showing my stuff to other makers. Yeah. He says, I want foodies to want my knives and I want that, those knives to be put into their feed. So how does that work? And I will tell you right now, this is a classic example as to how we will bring the value in the after show. You will learn valuable information that will most generally, generously generate at least $10 and 80 cents a year in profit for you. And you in turn could in fact, pay it forward to us. In fact, I'm going to hedge yeah, my bet yeah, right now and say yeah. it could bring in at least $11 an eight. We'll save you 50 You give us 10 What a fucking deal. See you in the after show. Beep.